Hi, I wanted to welcome you. Um, I am Kay Chance. I am the co-executive editor of Homeschooling Today magazine, and I am here with Ashley, uh, who is also a co-executive editor and the publisher of Homeschooling Today magazine, and we're excited to talk to you. Uh, this year's theme for the magazine is home. It's the heart of homeschooling boldly. Uh, last year we talked a lot about what it was to homeschool boldly and we really emphasized the boldly part um, and that is a part of everything we do uh, without comparison, without uh, always wondering are we doing enough or um, oh I, you know I'm, I'm scared that I'm not going to prepare my kids for the future. Instead we want to homeschool in a way that just says hey, I'm going to have a really great relationship with my kids. I'm going to love the Lord, and I'm going to let him lead my homeschool. So that's a lot of what we talked about last year. But, you know, homeschooling is so much more than education. It is about the home. I mean, and when I say education, I mean like the academic subjects, because everything is an education. And so uh, we are really going to emphasize the home this year and start off our first uh, with our very first theme of the magazine is going to be creating a safe place, a safe place for your kids to learn, a safe place for them to grow. And so um, I um, am really excited to talk to Ashley. And I'm going to, Ashley, I just thought first you might want to introduce yourself, but also tell them a little bit about your heart behind this year's theme. Yeah. So it's great to be here with you, Kay. And, um, you know, we love kind of curating and praying over what we're going to talk about each year. And this year, we really felt like focusing on the home and different aspects of running your home, like organization and, you know, family dynamics and um, what kind of atmosphere you want to have in your home. And that's really the first issue of this year's. We're talking about the atmosphere and creating a safe place for your kids to grow and to learn and to make mistakes. And one of the things that's really near and dear to my heart is that topic because I'm a homeschool graduate. It. And so my mom really did such a beautiful job of making our home a safe place to grow and learn. And especially for me, uh, because I have a learning disability. And so that was incredibly important for my ability to grow was to be nurtured and kind of have that foundation. And um, so that's why we decided to do this interview and have some conversations around what did that look like and uh, how did she do that? So, Right, because, you know, we're talking about a very specific thing you're going to tell them about, uh, but there's also just general things that all kids deal with to some level. Like, you don't have to have some sort of um, diagnosis of a specific thing to know that there are challenges for kids, uh, you know, all kids. Every kid has a specific challenge. So we're going to talk about that. But first, tell us about what was your learning disability and how did it affect you? Sure. So for me, um, I have a visual perceptual processing disorder, which is just a kind of a long way of saying that my eyes and my brain don't work together quite like everyone else's. So that affected how I could read, that affected um, writing, you know, anything that was like eye-hand coordination. Um, so it affected a lot of different things when it came to learning how to read, you know, riding a bike, um, being able to, to write without difficulty. Uh, it, it affected a lot of things and even organizing my thoughts and things like that. So um, 
one of the best ways that my mom really enabled me to grow and flourish underneath those kind of difficulties is that it was never it was never something that was really like a problem you know it was not a problem it wasn't i didn't even know that i had a learning disability until i was older and i think they waited until i could understand that it doesn't affect my what i'm capable of like it's not a limiting diagnosis it's just okay this is how you learn and this is how you know it's different than other people and that might mean that you have to work a little harder so for me i actually got time and a half on testing like the sats and so yes i had to work harder and and stay there longer than other kids did but it also gave me the opportunity to have more time and to be able to um you know really kind of develop determination and so i think these challenges that we you you don't want your kids to struggle you don't you know i have um a six-year-old a three-year-old and a seven-month-old so life is exciting and full of all kinds of things over here it's, it's wonderful it's also very challenging and watching them grow up you know i don't you just you don't want to see them go through things that are hard but i think those things also shape us you know, they also make us who who we are. And my learning difficulty definitely shaped me. And I can look back and I actually had a woman ask me one time at a homeschool convention. She said, if you could change it, would you? Because she had a daughter who struggled and she was worried about her and her future and just her outlook on life, you know, and all of those things. And I said, honestly, I would not change it because I can look back and really see how that made me into the person I am today. You know, it helped me develop determination and character things that I don't think would have happened any other way. And even having compassion for other people who struggle, mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely in there that has been developed over time. And so, you know, I think some moms hear things like this and it, it, almost causes a fear like what if i don't notice what if i don't know what to do so how did your mom like how did she even realize this um, and recognize oh something you know can you kind of tell them what it was like in your early years that kind of clued your mom in and then sure. what she did specifically for that okay um so having trouble uh reading and writing you know and also just developmental things that, you know, typically the average kid can ride a bike at a certain age. Well, I definitely was later in that skill and being able to catch a ball. I couldn't, you know, I would like hold my hand out here, it would go that way. And so there was obviously something not quite connecting there. Um, and then the reading fluency that, I eventually, I love to read now, you know, it does take me more time, especially the comprehending part uh, takes me a little bit longer, but I, I love to read now. When I was, I think nine years old, that's when all of that started to click together more. And so reading fluency kind of took off at that point. But when I was maybe six or seven, I would write, um, 
I mean, maybe I was older, honestly, I don't know how old I was, but I loved to write and I would write down, you know, things and all of my letters would be connected. So there were not any spaces in between letters. And that was another, you know, clue because my mom could tell that I, I didn't notice that there weren't any spaces or that there was anything wrong with what I was writing. To me, it looked, oh, here you go. Here's my story. And because she knew that it was such a, a spark in me to be a writer, I loved to write. She didn't want to, she didn't want to panic. She didn't want me to panic. She didn't want me to know that there was anything wrong. So she would look at what I had written and she would, oh my gosh, this is so great. Can you tell me about it? because she couldn't actually read it. And I didn't know that at the time. Um, So I would tell her all about my stories and, you know, she would encourage me all along the way. And I think when we create this foundation of security in our kids, that it's okay to make mistakes and this is a safe place for the process of learning. You know, I, I was thinking about how performance and pressure and those kinds of things are really, they really put a damper on our ability to learn because you're thinking about performing, you're thinking about doing it right. And you're not thinking about, well, do I really understand it? Or, you know, could I take this information and do something with it? Um, So I actually, I'm gonna read a quote that I love so much from Dr. Ruth Beachick. She says, the schooling system of red penciling errors is counterproductive. With that system, children try to write something simple and use only words they know how to spell. They do not stretch their writing ability, but aim only to avoid errors. And don't you think that's just, that's so, what happens? That's what, what we end up doing because we want our kids to succeed and we want to make sure that they know the material that they're learning about. Um, so we oftentimes make it about a result. We make it about a performance. And if we can really see that if we're making it about performance, we have so missed mark because it's not about that. It is about instilling confidence in our kids helping them understand that they have something to say, that, it, that their opinion is valuable to us and that you know the things that they're learning about can enable them to, to do incredible things one day. So to me, I guess it's not so much about what you teach as it is how you do it. Yeah, I think that's so good because the the points you made there, they're applicable whether it's writing and you were passionate about writing and she gave you that safe place. And I have a whole article that we're going to talk about this, you know, in this issue, but um, she gave you a a safe place to express yourself, to uh, put your thoughts out in the world. It wasn't about the mechanics. and, uh, And I think that's really applicable to so many subjects, actually really all of the subjects, but I think about the young scientist, if we're worried about the mess they're going to make when they're experimenting, or if we're too concerned with the answer coming out right in whatever we're doing, then we miss the process and we miss the joy of learning. And I don't know 
where we got into the mindset, the education had to be, well, I, could, I know how we got there, but it's like this conveyor belt, you know, and that's not, we don't even want that for our children. We want kids that think differently. We want kids that um, are allowed to thrive in how God designed them. And so I love that your mom gave you that. And it sounds like a lot of the way she did that was to just allow you to develop in your own time. And of course, I know she used strategies to help you grow in those ways and you, know, you did her research. Um, Y'all got the diagnosis on all those things, but those were tools to help you instead of, you know, you being broken, they were just tools to help you learn the best way you could. And so I yeah. think that's really encouraging whether or not your child has a learning disability or not. It's about letting them be who they are. Yeah, it's almost developing this mindset of what real learning looks like and what it looks like at home, because mm -hmm. this is a different, a whole different thing. Right. Then, you know, learning in a classroom, you're, you're, you're at home, you have, you know, these emotional things going on because, okay, sister and brother are fighting or, you know, we also need to take care of our, our space that we're learning in. So we need to clean up and pick up and you're not getting them out the door. You're, you're creating all of this at home. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, just a whole different experience. And it includes a lot of, a lot of things that I think parents feel are, I don't know, how would you say it? Like overwhelming? Yeah. Maybe because you're, you're, you're like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do a, a, a classroom type thing at home when, you know, it is a mess and we do need to clean up and I, I haven't had a chance to do the dishes or think about dinner. We need to fit in grocery shopping today or, you know, all of those different things. So Kay, you graduated your two boys from homeschooling and they're doing wonderfully in their life. And what would you say to the mom that's struggling with that? Like we're trying to encourage them to create the safe space at home and they're going, but, but yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I think start is a mindset change of, of stop compartmentalizing. This is my, I'm okay. Right now I'm mom and we're going to do the house. And right now I'm teacher and we're going to homeschool and we're going to do our academic subjects. And now I'm wife and I'm going to spend time. You know, we are, we can't compartmentalize, compartmentalize who we are. Um, I always say you're a mom and a teacher and those are not two different things. Every mom is a teacher and you don't stop being a mom just because you're going over a math lesson. Um, and so I think when we start seeing um, ourselves as whole, um, that makes a difference in how we actually do our day and go, go about our day. And so I, I think that's the first step. We've got to get a different mindset of stop making everything a different compartment. We've said that about education. Ashley and I love connected learning. Like we shouldn't be going, oh, here's my writing class and here's my science class and here's my grammar and here, you know, we separate everything. But when we connect things, learning is stronger. And there's certain skills that we're learning. Like we may be in history class, but we're learning language arts skills or we're learning about history, you know. So I think that applies to life. Um, to stop compartmentalizing everything. Um, we had a question recently talking about schedules and we get, we were talking about how great it is to have a routine and, you know, kids kind of know what to expect, but life isn't 
scheduled in 15 minute increments. Like that never worked for me because that's not life. Interruptions happen. We laughed about even starting this interview together because we were going to start at 1030. And what happened, Ashley? Ruby would not take her nap. Yeah. And you know, crying children happen and, and life gets chaotic and I might have to go grab her here in a minute if she starts crying again. So if we're lucky because she's adorable. Yeah. Super cute. That's true. So yeah, I think that that's really the key is to stop seeing it quite that way. Include your kids, you know, when you're cooking lunch, teach them. I wish I like, I'm not speaking as someone who did it by perfection. I get to look back and go, Ooh, I, I should have done this a little different, you know, and I, I think about uh, including my kids more in the day-to-day -day chores or, or cooking that we missed out on, but not all the time, but could have done more in that area because um, my youngest lives two hours away and he's, you know, developing more of a, an enjoyment of cooking and he's really getting into figuring out how to make ramen and all different kinds of ramen and getting the egg just right. I don't know where he got this from. And so he's been doing stuff like that. And I just think back, what a creative outlet that is um, for anyone, boys, girls. Um, it's a valued skill and just kind of looking for clues about what our kids get excited about and capitalizing on those. So, um, and we're talking about creating a safe place, um, knowing that our homeschool might even look different between kids in our home. Um, and what things they get excited about and what we need to follow. I have to tell you, we had a pretty relaxed um, homeschool. That didn't mean we didn't take it seriously, but we weren't going for rigorous. <laughs> and so, and because I hear that word and I'm like, it sounds great. It sounds like, oh, I want to prepare them for the best future. But the truth is I wanted children also to love learning and not be burnt out. Um, I wanted them to be able to go, okay, you know what, it's all right if I do functional math that helps me live life and I can't do um, calculus, but that's okay with me uh, because that wasn't their bent. And so, you know, having seen them go through college, sometimes I was surprised how prepared they were uh, without that rigorous education um, because it, it really wasn't a big transition at all. And um, well, if you're teaching your kids how to think, Yes. And how to, how to do life and how to, how to, how to assess situations and, you know, draw conclusions and all of those things, you really are preparing them for any eventuality because you can't just fill their head with stuff, with information. We want to do that. And it would be so nice if you could just put a little nice little bow on it and say, oh, they learned everything they needed, which you're not, that's never it's going not to happen. You know. It's not a thing. That's what I say. You know, that's not real. We all have gaps in our education. That's why we have Google now. Yes, it's so helpful. It really is. Um, but even the fighting, you know, and the, the stuff that our kids do that drive us crazy, that we actually walk with them in those things. And that's the practice ground for life. Because if they were in a classroom and they were told to be quiet and to sit still and to pay attention only, and that was their role, they're not getting to live life or to learn how to be, you know, a good human being, a good sibling, a good teammate, a good family member. Like there's so many things that they are acquiring at home. And I think for me, my mom really instilled in me a love of learning. I love to learn. 
so I can go out and I can learn things that I need to know instead of making it about what I was learning and making sure that I fit it all in. Because if she had stressed about that, mm -hmm. I don't think I would be where I am today. I wouldn't love learning. I would be like, well, I had to get it done. And so I did. And that's not what we want. We want this relationship with our kids. We want them to experience learning at home and enjoying it together. And it happens in these little moments. I, I thought there would be bigger moments, but they're kind of small. Mm -hmm. And then you have to deal with life. And then you have another great little moment. And then sometimes you just have to get through some things. But it's all part of it. It's all part of the process. Well, and I love what you said, because thinking about your, your specific challenges, if it became more about cramming in everything that had to be learned, and whoever decides that, I'm not even sure who decides that, but whatever this elusive like list of learning, the things that you learned were important. Like you said, the determination, the hard work, but I think it could have created this just give up attitude. If you, you had to try to get to it at a specific point, like I have to be reading fluently by the time I'm seven. And therefore, you know, you would end up hating that. And y'all, I don't know if you know this, she's a publisher, she's an author. She, you know, you live in the world of the written word today. Yes. And how many people with a processing disorder related to language would say, this is my, you know, this is the thing that God created me to do. Right. And isn't that just amazing? Isn't that just the wonderful thing that homeschooling can do. It can, if we are in tune with what our kids are, are gifted in and, and what's developmentally appropriate for them at the time, it might not be what other people are doing. It might not be what society would say that they should be doing. But if you are in tune with them and you are, are creating that safe place and a foundation for them to just grow. That's all they have to do. They just have to grow and make progress. And that's our goal. Instead of, well, okay, that's fine, but can you grow and make progress and then look like this at the end of this year or at the end of, you know, this semester, whatever it is. And that's, we don't usually fit into things like that. Yeah. You know, I look at my own kids that, you know, um, everyone will tell you my oldest, they're like, he's so brilliant. And, you know, it's if they're talking to him about history. Yes. And, you know, as a mom, I was like, oh, but he really struggled in math. You know, that would be in the back of my mind. It's like, oh no, like he really was brilliant where God wanted him to be brilliant. Like, you know, we can't do everything. We don't need to do everything. I mean, yes, functionally, yeah, he needs to be able to do his taxes someday and that kind of thing. But some of the things we emphasize are just because we grew up being told this is mm -hmm. what you need to learn. You had the, the joy and the privilege of having a mom who, who got what education was and she raised you that way. And I grew up in the public school system. Huh? I just have to put this in there because she didn't start that way. And sometimes I forget to say that. And I think it's important for parents to realize she started off as a, she was a public school teacher. And so she started bringing the classroom home at first and we had little desks and we had like the flag up and we said the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, like she started how she knew. And then over time, when she really got to know how we learned and that all of the stuff that she thought mattered didn't matter as much as she thought it did. Yeah. Then we started 
learning as a family and we started really enjoying what we were what we were doing. I love so just, that you said that because my start was rough too. I came out of the public school system, you know, these these ideas developed over time. And now like, you know, that's one of the things we love about this magazine is we are bringing an entire team of experienced homeschoolers, people that are still homeschooling, people who have graduated there and all of those perspectives together. Um, in some ways I wanna go, y'all learn from my hotness. It's like, <laughs> I tell young women, hey, when you're worried about the house looking perfect, come over, I'll make you feel so good about yourself because, <laughs> you know, our life was messy growing up, but now I know, you know, so much that we learned through experience of like, I'm on the other side. And some of those things just weren't as important as I thought, you know, but you know, that's why we want to encourage you guys, you know, maybe you won't have to wait as many years to figure these things out as we did. So. Right. Having this team of people who, where you're learning from this person and their experience, we never say, Oh, this is what you should do. We always say this, is what worked for this situation, but you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to ask him what's going on. You're going to have to, you know, look at your own children and your own situation. But I think it's so helpful to have people say, this was really hard and this is how we got through it. That also encourages you to know if you're going through something hard, which we are all going through hard things. I mean, whatever it is, whether it's the developmental, you know, child not ready for the next step or, you know, instilling character in it, uh, someone who needs a little help with it, wh whatever it is, mm -hmm. there are going to be different things that pop up and having a, a resource where you can see people who have gone through it and talking about those things that they overcame is such a relief to us young moms who need to know it's going to be okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, it, it's a, it can always spark an idea. Like you might hear something yeah. and it won't work for your family, but it gets you thinking in a different way to go, okay, well that wouldn't really work, but you know, and, and asking our kids like sitting down and going, Hey, this doesn't seem to be working. What do you think would help? There's so many ways to do that. You know, we talked about earlier, uh, with you, it was a diagnosable learning disability, but not all kids, like we have different kinds of challenges and different kinds of opportunities. It's really an opportunity. You know, you had a learning opportunity in that God developed so many other care, other things in your life by using those, those, you know, those things that were harder for you. Um, I know for my kids, it looked very different. So um, for example, I had one child who, uh, man, he struggled with focus. Uh, and so, you know, do you see that in your young kids? Like, are you starting to see My those six-year-old especially, yes. So what does that look like? Like, how can you, you know, now that you have three kids, of course the baby, you know, right now she's just, you know, being cute and sleeping and other things. Crying. Um, so without like we don't want to compare our kids but we do just notice they're different they're not the same and we have to notice that because we don't want to treat them as if they're the exact same little learners and everything's going to work for both of them so what were some of your clues that you know they were different so um my oldest lincoln is a lot like his dad because he's very he he loves to see how things work and how things fit together and he always is asking questions about how everything works and my middle child, uh, Jack, he 
is much more concerned about like the relational aspect. So he's, he's very in tune with how people are feeling and he, he listens, you know, better, I think because he's in tune with people Mm -hmm. and Lincoln's more in tune with like how things are working and operating and things, you know? And so that's, that's very different. Um, And then trying to pull them together to learn something. It's, a trial and error. It's a lot of trial and error where I realized the other day, I realized trying to force them to sit and listen. They're not here. They're not listening. So, okay, how can I do this where I'm enabling them to be successful? Cause sometimes we think, well, it looks, it has to look like this. Yes. They're kids. They're little kids. So I said, well, what if we did this? What if we went over to the table and you guys color while I read? Do you think that would help you listen? And especially Lincoln was able to listen much better and talk about what I was reading instead of, you know, kind of like in one ear out the other. And when we were on the couch too, he was, he was fiddling and like doing all this stuff. And I just knew he was having a hard time paying attention. So I think we have to recognize when it's not working. And sometimes that's really hard for moms because you want, you have a picture in your head of, of expectations that you want to work out. And then it's like, this isn't working. Why isn't it working? And then you have to make that choice to pivot. Yeah. And if you don't pivot, you're, my mom used to say, you're dragging your children along through homeschooling (laughs) instead of doing it with them, you know? And I, I have seen myself do that a, a time or two. Yeah. And I think sometimes, yeah. by the way, it's okay if you get frustrated. It's okay. Like, I think moms are like, oh, but if I was a great teacher, this would all, you know, no, you're like, we, you're going to get frustrated at times. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to struggle at times. It's going to irritate you. You may feel anger even. <laughs> you, may, you may have to go to the teacher's lounge, otherwise known as the bathroom. Take uh, a few deep breaths. Take a few deep breaths or whatever, and that's okay. But I think, too, once again, these mindset shifts of why we're doing what we're doing really help with our attitudes as mom. And if, you know, if you're running into a roadblock instead of letting that frustration come over you all the time, when you notice that, that feeling, maybe step back and go, we're going to do an experiment. And the experiment is just changing things up and finding what works better. And, you know, yes, there's a time and place where kids at, at different ages are just going to have to to learn, you know, to do it, maybe not the way that they prefer, but we, we don't want to make education about constantly, you've got to follow these rules in order to do it well. You know, um, there are plenty of things in life that will teach that. It doesn't have to be their schoolwork. I know I would rather have chores and, and things like that be more of the thing that I am willing to, to kind of battle them on instead of, learning. I don't want learning to be a fight, you know, and there, I know that there will be times like with me, math was something that was really hard for me. I did, I, I did not enjoy math. And so, you know, mom would find a way to kind of make it work where, like you said, like we knew I wasn't going to be a mathematician someday, you know? So, okay. So that's not where we're That's not the goal. The goal is to live through math, to do a good job, to understand it as best I could and to get through. And so 
having that perspective, you know, she would bring over like a little hot chocolate if it was a really hard day. Cause I would cry. I would cry over math because it was so hard to understand and I wanted to do it. You know, you, a lot of times our kids want to please us and do well for us. And if they're not able to do that, it can be a source of frustration on their part too. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out how to make things work, like manipulatives were so helpful. You know, I wish there were more games. Playing games with math would have been really fun. And I think there's a lot more things available now than there were back in the day. Um, and mom did what she could to make it like we cut up the apple for, you know, learning fractions. And we tried, she, she would try different avenues to see what could help me understand better. And it was always real life connecting to what I was learning about. Always made such a difference because because then you're not just, it's not just way out there somewhere. It's actually, oh, this, I can touch it. I can feel it. It makes sense. It's more concrete, you know? And I think anytime our kids are struggling, the more concrete and, and related to life we can make something, the easier it will be for them to connect with. I totally agree. And, you know, you kind of bypass that why we have to learn this. If they can actually see it used in real life, it's like it's, it takes that away. They know why they need to learn it because they see it each day. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about that with the math and stuff. You've got to kind of experiment sometimes with certain subjects for, for my son that needed um, more focus. We did, Hey, I'm going to set the timer for 15 minutes. If you all kind of focus and concentrate, really try to get as much done as you can, we'll turn it off then. And, you know, instead of just sending out what looked to him like an impossible task of doing yes. these math problems, by cutting it down and saying, you're not going to have to sit here forever, that alone, he was able to accomplish so much more in 15 minutes than had he just been given all the time in the world to finish. Right. And so you found something that worked with him that enabled him to feel like it was doable. And then you, so you enabled him to be successful. And then we would follow it up with something he loved, like reading a book, you know, oh, and both of them, two boys, um, they had scooters. And so sometimes after a subject, not sometimes on a regular basis, my kids would go outside, ride their scooter to the stop sign. We kind of had a place and then ride it back. And it didn't take super long that allowed them to move. It allowed their brain to rest. And it was something they kind of looked forward to. So that was always fun. That's brilliant. That is making it work. And that's taking advantage of the fact that you're homeschooling. Right. You know, we don't have to make our kids sit still. We don't have to, um, like for Jack in particular, I know those little wobbly chairs and stuff like that are going to be so helpful for him. And Lincoln too, to be able to focus, they need, uh, I can already tell they're kinesthetic to some degree. So they need to be moving in order to learn. And so as as a parent, we can take advantage of the fact that we can enable them to be successful instead of trying to fit them into the real world. They're, you know, six, they're, they're 10, whatever age they are, they don't need to fit into the real world just yet. Let's help them be successful and create that foundation of having a safe place to learn. And then you'd be amazed the things that you can build on that foundation. Right. But if you have a foundation that's, that's not secure, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to make for so much more difficulties 
down the road. And one thing that mom really did well was that she never made me feel like it was my fault if I couldn't understand something. What a relief. Like, can you just feel that weight fall off? It's not your fault if you don't get it. Because, you know, I was trying, I was, I was doing my best to, to understand the math concept, but it seemed so uh, out there. It seemed so, so like Greek for my brain to comprehend. And so she would say, okay, well, let's try this. And then we'd do something else. And I would be like, oh yeah, I can, I get it now. You know, so it was almost this adventure of doing it together and figuring out what does work instead of, oh, you still don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, I think as moms, if we put our self-esteem in our kids being brilliant and understanding everything, oh, that's where it breaks down. And I like what you called it, adventure. And I think that's the heart of homeschooling boldly right there is you're on a learning adventure together. Absolutely. I don't know if you noticed the lion behind us. This is our, like we have these in our shop, but the homeschool, you know, bold as lions. And I'm inspired by that. Not just, you know, we have an empty nest now. Um, It inspires me in a different way of just living boldly in life. Like I, I don't have to look like everyone else either. You know, the gifts we can give our children to go, you know, it's kind of funny. You said you don't have to, to do these things now, you know, as you get older. um, Yeah, we, we conform some, but what if we raised a generation of kids that didn't fit in and that was a good thing? Like they did it their own way. I I think that's exciting. Um, you know, my, my youngest, he sat, he stood his entire kindergarten year at his, <laughs> his desk. I, I'm pretty sure that his bottom did not hit that chair more than five minutes in a day. And he's okay, y'all. He's functioning. He's got a job. I think he stays at his desk when he's there. It's going to be okay. So I think this is a good place where, you know, as we were talking, I kept thinking, oh, we need to unpack this. We need to unpack that. Like we would love, we were going to have more conversations in the future. And we love to hear from um, our, our readers of the magazine, our community on Facebook, our email subscribers. All you have to do is hit reply to any email. We want to hear your struggles. We want to hear your wins. We want to hear the things you're learning. We want you to share um, because we are trying to build a community of people that homeschool boldly. It's not just about we're teaching you, you know, I, you know there's moments that you're going to go, this was great. And we want to hear about it. So yeah. invite that feedback on a regular basis, please. Yes. And really what connects with you too. We want to know where what things are really resonating so that we can do more of those things or, um, you know, we're trying to build something that definitely requires that kind of give and take. So we know we're on the right track. And I did want to share this definition of adventure because I, I have, um, one of the workshops that I do at homeschool conventions is called transforming your homeschool into an adventure, you know? And so I think this definition is so perfect to describe homeschooling. Okay. The definition of adventure is an unusual and exciting, typically risky experience. Is there, I mean, it's, 
it's no perfect a- definition of homeschooling than that, you know, because it is, it's about the ups and the downs and the bumps and, you know, the chaos and all of it. We think that other people are out there not having those. <laughs> yeah. They're not. That's not a thing either, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and, you know, going on an adventure is something you do in relationship. We, and that, you know, we talked about, you're going to hear some things that work and don't work. And, and, you know, bringing a team, that doesn't mean you need to emulate exactly what we're talking about. But there is one thing that I think every, every homeschool needs, and that is building relationships. That's going to be the foundation for all of it. When, and building relationships is where our kids feel safe and secure because they know we love them even if they can't do math. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And looking back at our, you know, my homeschooling experience, I have to say that's the number one reason why I'm grateful that we homeschooled because my mom put academics aside when she needed to. And, you know, we knew that it was about our hearts and our, our relationship that that came before the other things. And if she had made it only about academics, cause she could have done that. She could have been like, Oh, you know, this is the time where you, you learn and, you know, we don't talk and you know, whatever. If she had done that, we would have missed out on so much she passed away when I was 27. And I'm so grateful that those 27 years were spent with a woman who, who really valued building the relationship with me because she didn't, she didn't waste time putting other things ahead of that, you know, and sometimes it can be easy to do because you feel responsible for your child's education. And that feels like a really big weight that you carry. And that's another reason why homeschooling today, the support that we offer is like, it enables you to go, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Your kids are going to turn out okay, whether you get through that spelling lesson today or not. And the most important thing you can do is be that voice of encouragement and connection with them, you know, building that relationship. Thank you. We're looking forward to having a lot more conversations with you all. So thanks.